You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to Watching Friends. We're looking at Season 2, Episode 10, The One with Russ. I'm Mark. Are you Russ or Ross? I'm Ryan and I'm a real doctor. Oh, you're Ryan. Okay, phew, good. And you're a real doctor. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, you're, you are Ross then. You're not Ryan, you're Ross. <laughs> Ross is not a real doctor either. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're back with another episode as, as always, I guess. I don't know why I keep saying that. We could be back with something else. Uh, yeah, okay. I guess we have our Patreon content now, yep. so we could always be back with that. Uh, so yeah, uh, it depends where you're listening, I guess. Because you, you've started watching uh, Joey, yes. At this point, it, uh, it, yeah, it's good. You know what? I don't. I think at the time when you watched it originally, there was lots of like, this needs to be better than Friends or as good as Friends. It's still a good show. I, I think the problem was there was a bit of Friends fatigue at the time. Like it, it come to an end after ten years. People were kind of done with the story and i guess the show is anyway like the way it ends hmm. and then people like well who should do like the the next series and like joey is probably like seen at the time as the the worst character to use because he's quite one-dimensional in, in who he is yeah and so there was a lot a lot of downplay i guess from the media they're like oh, oh why joey like who wants to see a show uh on just based on one character like that's going to be really boring, and like, of course it's the the ensemble cast that bring it in. But I know when I watched it in the the two thousands, I thought it was all right. Like it's it's not it's not Friends quality show, especially not right away. But it's an, it's not a bad show, and I think it does just get better as it goes on. That's fair. I mean, I guess I suppose as spin offs go, they they tend not to be held in very high regard. And, no. and I guess the best will always be Frasier. We'd be probably seen as the the high point of spin off shows. But Frasier was never never a major character in Cheers, like. He's a he is a a character that's that's in a lot of episodes and there's a lot of story behind him, but he he isn't the main one. He no, he, sure he, he he's very much a a very minor character in my eyes. Yeah, that's compared, compared to a lot of the cast there. But that's why it works. You've got more room to flush out. Whereas by the end of Cheers, you know Sam and the rest of the gang so well, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, and I, and I think they they changed the character of of Frasier quite a bit in a lot of ways. And certainly it's the again the ensemble cast. Like Frasier himself is fine. But it's about Niles and his dad and Daphne and etc. Right? True. Whereas, I guess guess the problem with Joey's cast is the ensemble cast are not that strong to start with. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's something you can you can listen to more on the Patreon. On Patreon, yeah. Uh, the five pound and up tier. If you are American, you can pay in dollars, so that's good, and you get an ad free version of this show. That's always nice, I guess, if you don't like our adverts. We do, though. We love our adverts. We love our friends <laughs> uh, who also um, appear on their podcasts and, and are part of the Hyprex network. Um, but I guess we should get into the episode now because we've already wasted a few minutes preambling. It's fine. Let's get into it. Because I, I feel like this one might be a little bit of a longer one, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Better powder. Let's get out of it. Um, so we are on the streets of New York. It's 1 a.m. The streets are busy. I'm excited. I've never gotten reviewed before. You were so amazing at the King. I'm really impressed. I was. Although, you know what? You might want to consider wearing underwear next time. Yeah, because when you sat down on your throne, you could just kind of see your 
royal subjects. Here it is, here it is. The only thing worse than the mindless adolescent direction is Joseph Tribbiani's disturbingly unskilled portrayal of the king. Okay, look, that is one guy's opinion. Yeah. All right, Thebes, read yours. Okay. The only thing worse than the mindless adolescent direction is Joseph Tribbiani. Does anybody have one from a different paper? Ross, read yours. I don't want to. Oh, honey, they, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Maybe they do. I've been doing this 10 years, and I haven't gotten anywhere. There's got to be a reason. Well, come on, man. You're just, uh, you're just paying your dues. No, no, no. It's, it's too hard. It's, it's not worth it. I quit. Oh, oh it's oh, it's crazy. Wait, 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 wait one minute. Wait a minute. I believe this will change your mind. In a mediocre play, Joseph Tribbiani was able to achieve brilliant new levels of, continued on page 153, sucking. New York, 1am, I don't think it's generally that busy. Like, a, like London as a city isn't super busy at 1am? Uh, I guess it depends where you are. I mean, I, the first time I went to New York, obviously, in America, you don't have kettles in your hotel room. Um, they don't understand that the British exist. Uh, and I would be popping out at like one or two because I wanted a cup of tea because I wasn't tired. And it was, you know, in Manhattan, we, we were right in, we were basically. Why, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you carry on, why wasn't you tired? Like you've come from the UK and you've flown to New York. Like your bedtime should be like 6 p.m. there. Well, one, I was there for a week. So it wasn't like the day I arrived. Right, oh, okay. And two, I'm up watching hockey most nights anyway till three. So I basically exist on like an East Coast time frame anyway oh, fair enough so it's like it didn't particularly feel overly late i guess okay uh but yeah you was in new york yeah i was in new york i wanted a cup of tea and i, I left the hotel and our hotel at the time um was called the pennsylvania and it's the worst hotel ever so don't stay there uh, <laughs> 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 um they're definitely not sponsoring they're, us, not, so. they're not on our patreon um but yeah, it's opposite Madison Square Garden. So I've walked out at like 1 a.m. And it was, yeah, it was pretty busy. Like it was definitely busier than uh, I imagine, you know, Birmingham would be at 1 a.m. Well, well, I guess, yeah, Madison Square Garden is like the proper hub area, uh, especially with the train station and stuff. So maybe that's a little bit different. But where they are in the village, I wouldn't think 1 a.m. you're going to have that many crowds. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, they're, they're there to get a paper. So it's weird the newspaper guy is there at 1 a.m. And it's also weirder that they're releasing the papers at 1am. Like, I, I, I know, like, newspapers have, like, you know, the, the nighttime editions and the midday editions and stuff like that, especially in the cities. But who's making a paper for, like, 1am? New York doesn't sleep. After, after you've just watched Joey in a show, like, quickly, we need to get that review written for the 1am paper so people can buy it at 9am. To me, to me, it's just a bit odd. Just, just stretches your sense of disbelief a bit too far. It does, yeah. Uh, because he had starred in The King and I, uh, something I've never seen. Nor I. Or The King. Or The King. No, <laughs> um, no I've never seen it. It's one of those things that, because they, they did a remake a few years ago, like a movie, didn't they? I say a few years ago, probably more like yeah. 12 years ago at this point. Um, and I heard good things, I just never got around to watching it. Yeah, my, my knowledge of it is the Family Guy episode where Peter Griffin creates his own one-man play of The King and I, and I have no idea what's going on. No, <laughs> I don't understand these references. Uh, although Phoebe saw a bit more of the king than she had hoped for, because uh, Joey doesn't wear underwear. Yeah, which, you know, grim. <laughs> yeah, she saw, saw his royal subjects. <laughs> yeah, great joke, to be fair. <laughs> uh, the only thing worse than the uh, the minus adolescence was... Uh, uh, min sorry, the minus adolescence direction was Joey, is what the review says. Which is a harsh review. 
but there was reviews in multiple papers. Like, seriously, how many people were there like at this show to review Joey's, you know, little play? I mean, you got to fill the pages. More pages, more space. Yeah, for for one a.m. No, it's 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 just so odd to me. Um, Ross picked up Student Life. That's an odd paper too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we know he does have a thing for students later on, but uh, is this a, <laughs> is this a hint? Um, but yeah, the Student Life were they really there getting their review out for one a.m.? I don't know. I mean, it could have been students in the play, maybe. Could have been funded by a university. Yeah. I'm just trying to like just trying to refill the uh, world. Yeah, and they 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 publish their paper around the whole of Manhattan. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, Joey is pretty down, understandably though. Like, and you know, he thinks he should just quit. Like, we've all been there. Yeah, I mean, I suppose this is the nineties versions of don't read the comments. Like, it's understandable for Joey to upset, but so long as he knows he gave it his all, you know, who really cares about the review? Well. He says he's been doing this for 10 years, and I kind of have to agree with Joey. Like, he's been doing this for 10 years. He's not a good actor. He's not got a good job. Like, he's barely being paid for these ones. He probably should get a different career. Well, you know, because people always say, you know, like, oh, they're going to give up. Like, the very, very overtold Matt Blank story of how much cash he had in his pocket when he landed the role of Joey. Yeah. You, know, you know, you don't get anywhere if you quit, do you? Well, no, but at the same time, like, you, you get the memes of, like, you know... KFC was invented by the guy when he was 65 years old. Don't give up on your dreams. You can get there eventually. But, you know, sometimes you do need to know when to call it quits because you're not going to get there. That's such a British attitude. <laughs> no, it, it is. Like sometimes, you know, like spending 10 years at something that you're a complete failure and never like got anywhere with. He, he probably should have changed. Like, I know there's a lot of famous comedians who are like, right, I'm going to give it my all for one year. And if I don't succeed in that year, then I'm going to do something else because it's not going to happen, right? Well, I suppose it depends what your measure of success is. Like, I'd be happy to be getting enough work to do the thing I want to do and live. Like, if I could eat and you know, pay my rent by doing what I wanted to do, I'd be happy. I wouldn't have to be on a billboard all over the world. But we know Joey's not doing this because Chandler is subsidising his living expenses. You know, he just needs to try a little harder. I'm <laughs> going to go with a very colonial American attitude and be like, no, you just keep, keep trying. <laughs> Li- living, living the American dream, yeah? Yeah, the American dream. Whereas I feel like should have given up but thankfully he didn't because as we find out he gets a job you just reminded me of a al murray stand-up sketch where he talks about americans and they've got the american dream and they're out there living the american dream mm-hmm. like we haven't got a dream in britain <laughs> no, and it's like it's like because we lack a sense of guiding destiny or purpose it's because we're awake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always makes me chuckle but but yeah i feel like they, they really point this out to show that when joey does like hit his success like yeah he I wouldn't say earned it, but yeah, he didn't give up and eventually got there. Yeah, he didn't just kind of get by on his looks necessarily and get in there. I was distracted for most of this scene, though, because of the sports page in one of these papers, uh, which had Mark Messier on the back of it. And I was reminded of The Promise, which is a uh, sports thing that the Rangers fans still taught me with, which is dumb because it happened when I was eight. So I've got no reference for why The Promise is annoying. But, you know, <laughs> banter is still banter. I guess if you want context. Rangers were playing the Devils in the Eastern Conference Final, big rivals, and Mike Messier promised that the Rangers would win and knock the Devils out of the competition and go through to the Stanley Cup Final. He fulfilled that promise and eliminated the Devils, and the rest is history. Now, the Rangers haven't won a cup since 94, so you really shouldn't bring this up, to be honest, because you've not had a cup in forever. But Rangers fans, I know, still bring it up whenever Mike Messier is mentioned. Well, much like the British bring up 1966 for the World Cup. Yeah, because we won the World Cup. Like, that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not the same, Mark. The Rangers haven't won a cup since 1994, but Britain winning, Britain, England winning the World Cup, that's different. 
1966. I'm not sure who's got more of a chance of winning the same trophy again soon, uh, the Rangers winning the Cup or... Yeah, that, that's something for another sports podcast, I think, to, to discuss. <laughs> sports tangent, quick, abort, abort. <laughs> uh, we then have the intro of the show, and we are back at the apartment as they've all slept. Uh, Ross enters with a slow hi. It's such an annoying sound, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Ross's catchphrase. Hi. He's sad because a, stra- uh, a stegosaurus, sorry, yep. uh, trapped a kid. Uh, you know... Kind of what, what sort of dangerous place is this that he's at? Yeah, but the way he says this for a second, I'm like, is it Night Museum? Did the stick of source come to life? Well, that's, like what I'm, well, that's what I'm thinking. Is it like hanging high above and it's like fallen down many feet and just trapped the kid? Like, Yeah, I can't imagine being upset if I was stuck in a Stegosaurus. No. But like, yes, dinosaurs! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they're probably quite heavy as well, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's okay, though, because Fun Bobby is here. We went through a lot of wine tonight, you guys. Really? I only had two glasses. I just had a glass. Two. I had one glass. Uh, I had about a mug full in this lovely I Got Boned at the Museum of Natural History mug. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's what, two bottles, and yet somehow we went through five? <laughs> oh. Oh. So he drank a lot tonight. Yeah, but, you know, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever seen Fun Bobby without a, a drink in his hand. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, you know, did you notice how he always starts his stories with, um, okay, I was so wasted, or, oh, we were so bombed, or, um, oh, whoa, so I wake up and I'm in this dumpster in Connecticut. Everyone loves Fun Bobby. I, I guess we've only seen him once when he was ridiculously... Old Bobby, or, but, well, de- no, depressed Bobby. Depressed Bobby. I mean, that's okay. Now he's redeeming himself by being fun, Bobby. Yep. Uh, you know, this is the time we actually get to see fun Bobby be fun, at least. Although he is drinking, it seems. Um, yes. I've never met anyone who's fun when they're drinking. Generally, not not in the way fun Bobby is. I, I, yeah, I don't know. People, when people are drinking, they can be fun. Yes. When people are drunk. They tend to not be as fun. Yes. Uh, but it depends how drunk. Like, I can handle my drink, so I just try to get, like, a louder, more boisterous version of me when I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> this is what you think in your head. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm thinking. Um, whereas, uh, you know, like, if I was, like, an angry or a sad drunk, I wouldn't want to be hanging around me when I'm drinking. Like, there's people like, my whole life, they better start crying on you. You're yeah. like, uh-uh, you should have stopped two points ago, mate. Yeah, or they just become incoherent, and you're like, I don't relate to you at all at this point. Yeah, for the most part, it's just, you know, know your limits. Like, you, you know when you should stop drinking and then you should but stop. Because he, he basically becomes a party animal, I guess, like, who's always positive and fun. But he's drinking a lot, so it's not a, oh, it's loosened him up a little bit. Like, it's, it's weird how he becomes fun rather than drunk. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of hints at how much he does drink. Like, the gang comment about how they've gone through five bottles of wine and they work out that between the core group, they've only had enough drink to account for two bottles, which means Fun Bobby has drank three bottles of wine by himself. Yeah. But when we see Fun Bobby, he's not, he's not, you know, legless. He's not paralytic. He's perfectly functional, which may suggest he drinks too much. Yeah. He's a functional alcoholic. Yeah, he's got tolerance. I mean, five bottles is a decent amount, but I feel like Americans have a weird relationship with alcohol. Like, it's advertised so much over there. It's all over the space, all around sports, magazines, TV, like... Beer adverts everywhere in the States. 
But they have all these like weird societal rules that if you break any of them, you've apparently got a problem. Like yeah. the phrase day drinking is an American phrase that doesn't really have any meaning in the UK or Europe. Like you just you you're just having a drink. Yeah. Um so aside from the health concerns, as long as his behaviour is appropriate, which for the most part it is, no, I don't really mind it if when Bobby's fun when he has a point. No, no, exactly. Like you could be concerned for his health, but he seems to be all right with it I, I don't know like it, it's difficult well it's like um, keith richards like if he stops taking drugs he'll die yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe from bobby he needs to keep drinking well i did like the way that that chandler only really had like half a mug of, of wine uh but it was a great mug that said uh i got boned at the natural history museum now <laughs> i'd buy it <laughs> no i would buy it too right i don't know how it how that mug would ever get made though like you know, I'd love to be the person who somehow got that through being made and no one noticed what it obviously means because it's too much of a sexual joke for America to handle, I think, at, at a place yeah. like the Natural History Museum. Yeah. Like, you buy that in a British museum in some kind of, like, carry-on spirit. Yes. But at an American museum, yeah, no way you'd have, like, a sexual connotation that... No. It, Maybe if there was, like, some adults-only exhibition they ran at some point, but, you know, I'm stretching... Stretching likelihood uh, to the it's, limits there. It's such a great mug, and it, it's even better that it's in Monica's cupboard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like like clearly a present from Ross. But then uh, that actually thinking about that now, that makes it even darker and weirder. Like he's got his sister. I, I got boned at the Natural History Museum mug. It's my brain's going down. Like there's some weird story where Ross got laid at the History Museum, or Monica did, and now it's like an in-joke between them, and they had those jokes that were custom-made. Well, at the same time, Ross uh, does get with Rachel at the Natural History Museum. Yeah. So he does have form later on, so may- maybe that's his go-to place. This is like his souvenir. Like, if you, if you put out in the museum, he'll, he'll get you what I got boned. <laughs> no, 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 you made it worse now. Why has Monica got one? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I do like the idea that Ross has got them custom made because he would probably be sad enough to to make a mug like that that references his job. <laughs> you, I thought you meant he'd be sad enough to make a you had sexy time with Ross. <laughs> well, that yeah. too, right? <laughs> it's just women. It's in the back of some woman's closet 20 years later. And I'm out, kids are like, Mom, what's this mug? And she's like, oh, don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they realise they've never seen Fun Bobby without a drink in his hand. We then head to Central Perk where Monica orders a coffee that's got non-fat milk, but Rachel doesn't know if it's non-fat. Uh, but she gets Monica to taste it, and somehow Monica can just tell. You're a tea drinker. Can you tell if milk is different that's used? Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know why I went to like, add more there. Yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, you can tell with different tea bags. Um, I can. I'm not convinced everyone can. I can't. Um, we were, what were we talking about the other day? Crackers. We had this like taste test I need to do with my family. My mum insists that she could taste the difference between co-op branded crackers right. and Jacob's crackers. And I'm like, no, you can't. I guarantee you can't because they're crackers. They don't taste like anything. Tea mm-hmm. has a specific taste. Yeah, it's fair. blended in a way to have a taste. If I gave you like a Mercy of the Iron Goddess green tea and a cup of Tetley, you'd, you'd taste the yeah. difference. Maybe you couldn't taste the difference between a cup of Taifu and a cup of PG. Yeah. Fair enough. They're designed to be the same tea. But I need to test that with my mum. I need to be like, right, here's a cracker and see if she knows what it is. Well, yeah, some foods you can definitely tell the difference between the, the own brand cheap one and the, the fancy one. Just because they, they do generally taste worse if they're own brand. Like growing up, we always had sterile milk in our tea um, as, a, as a household. So when we'd go to my aunt's house and she'd put like, I don't know, full fat milk in. You could, I mean, A, you could see a difference. It looked different. Yeah. And you could immediately taste the difference. Yeah. 
Well, she can, she can tell the difference. Uh, but now but she has to keep it. She does have to keep it, yeah, because she's had a sip. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's, again, it's, we, we're, we're very much championing Rachel Green on this podcast, but to get yeah. more than just being you know, the prettier one with that. Yeah. And this, this is such a sly move from yeah. Rachel. <laughs> to, to get around her, her terrible waitressing. Oh, you can't send it back because you've had a sip. <laughs> uh, but Fun Bobby wants to Irish up these coffees. Never done that. Uh, I don't drink coffee, so... Can you Irish up tea? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I have done. Uh, I don't want to. I'm drinking tea because I like tea. <laughs> uh, Monica explains she's worried about, about Bobby, uh, but, you know, shakes it off and basically agrees he will try and quit for her. See, this I find really weird because he basically just admits he's got a problem out of nowhere. Monica's all excited and happy, but she should be distrustful. Because no one should have such a positive reaction to being accused of being an alcoholic. If this is the first time you're hearing it, you'd be like, oh my God, or you'd at least be upset. You wouldn't have this reaction to it. So I think Bobby's had this conversation many, 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 many times. Well, yeah, he, he agrees to it way too quickly. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do it for you. Like, well, hang on, like, are you doing it because you're in a relationship with her and you're just doing it to make her happy? Or, like, it's a tough thing for you to just go, yeah, I agree with you. Let's, let's stop right now, especially as an alcoholic. Like someone who's addicted to something doesn't just generally go, yeah, I'm going to stop now because you said so. Yeah, this would probably be like, Ryan, stop eating chocolate, digest this. <laughs> and I'd go, okay, Mark, have the packet. Yeah. You'd know that the second you turn around, there's a second packet in my back. <laughs> like, Definitely. If I'm giving up my biscuits immediately, you, be, you should be suspicious if someone's dependent on something, in your view, and they just turn around and go, okay, sure, I don't need it anymore. Yeah, especially as Monica's not got like super upset over this or been mentioned it many times. So yeah, you're right. Maybe someone has mentioned it to it before. And maybe maybe he's been thinking about it. No, I think he's just planning but, to carry on drinking and not tell her. That was my initial. Uh, I, my initial I think so as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the boys enter though, and Joey has another job. It's an audition for Days of Our Lives, famous soap opera. Now, is it? it I guess. Well, yeah, in America, in America. it's like like yeah. This is where Friends gets weird. I guess most TV shows get weird when they break the fourth wall and have real life stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Same way where we have Bruce Willis enter. And he's not Bruce Willis, but they watch Die Hard that has Bruce Willis in. Yeah. And they, uh, no one noticed it. Like, that sort of stuff is, is weird to me. So having, like, a famous soap opera is a bit weird, but, but I think it kind of works because they're so disjointed. I guess it kind of works, but at the same time, for, for a non-American audience who doesn't really have a frame of reference for Days of Our Lives, like, when I first watched this episode, as, as you know, as a youngster... I didn't know Days of Our Lives was a real show. No. But they could have just invented a fictional soap and it would have been the gang's reaction to the news that made the soap seem important. So it could have been called like Uncle Frank's Fishing Hut. <laughs> and you'd be like, what? Joey got a on Uncle Frank's Fishing Hut? Like, you know what I mean? It's- yeah, yeah. It could, that's, that's my point, I guess. So it could have been anything. I guess in some ways, having it tie into like what is a famous show, it's soap, even if you don't know that, you understand immediately what it is. So they go, oh, it's Days of Our Lives, a soap opera. You go, oh, I don't know what that is, but I have a good understanding of what a soap opera is and what's, what that entails. Yeah. Which is basically Joey's general overreacting to everything. Yeah. Because that's what they are. Um, you know, I'm going to say this, the UK probably got this on some sort of channel. It's been going for a long time. I don't know. I remember Channel 5 used to show an American soap opera. That was like called Sunset something, I want to say. Right. And like we, got, we got Dallas in the UK. That's not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Days of Our Lives is a high-quality program or not. But when you say American soap, 
Remember when you first bought a HD TV and you would watch standard definition on it and it, the backgrounds looked flat? Yes. And everything looked poorly shot and yes. the lighting was bad and it was just terrible. The soap opera effect, yes. Yeah, soap opera effect. You called that. Um, that's what I imagine all American soap operas to be because that's the ones I've seen when they were on like British TV. That's what they were like. Yeah. No one could act. It was all the smell the fart acting and all the cliche like jokes that they make in France. And, and I think I think they, uh, the Days of Our Lives technically is... That sort of soap opera, say. I mean, I guess by comparison, our soap operas in Britain would be considered like high caliber. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, it's hard for us to like say we're not fifty-year-old stay-at-home mums who who watch daytime soaps. So, yeah, it is weird that the kind of soaps are so popular because at least nowadays you could just record it and watch it back on if you want, or watch it on demand. I, I guess it's the whole story thing, isn't it? Like you've got a new daily story. No. It, it's the same with a lot of American comedies. They're like, mommy's watching her stories. Yeah, true, I guess. So it's, it's you know, it's like a novel, but in you know, visual form. Like yeah. you're reading your comics, suppose, you, your weekly comics. I suppose it's better than what passes for daytime TV nowadays, where it's just yeah. people, pro- I was going to say, just people sat down talking about things and making people care about what they're saying. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, we've got metal all of a sudden. <laughs> but <laughs> like shows like Lose Women, where I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, like it's just, yeah, just reality shows or whatever. Women. Yeah giving their opinion on insert news topic of the weekend. Like, why is this entertaining? Yeah. Because yeah. you know who they are. Like, you watch it once and you're like, right, I know what these people are like. And it, yeah, at least a soap opera has entertainment value in terms of like story and writing and stuff like that. Yeah, even if the production's awful, at least you're getting a creative mm-hmm. endeavour. Yeah. Hey, Rach, what time do you get off? We're all going to do something tonight. Um, well, actually, I'm already done, but I, I kind of got plans. Oh! <gasps> You have other friends? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have a, I have a date. What? With a man? <laughs> what? What is so strange about me having a date? What about Ross? Are you still mad at him because he made that list about him? No, no, I'm not mad at him. I'm, I'm not really anything at him anymore. What are you talking about? I don't know. Whatever I was feeling, I'm not. But you guys came so close. Oh, I know. I'm sorry, you guys. You're just going to have to get used to the fact that I will not be dating Ross. Here he is. Hi. Guys, this is Russ. Hi. Rich has a date. Uh, So after pining for him for a few episodes, as in Ross... Uh, she doesn't really care now, especially as she knows, like, he thinks her ankles are chubby. Which wasn't even his. <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> Joey's thing. It's coming. Uh, but never mind, the whole Ross and Rachel thing isn't going to happen because she's going to date Russ instead. Who's Russ? Well, I have many questions about this. Far away. Where did she meet Russ? Did she find him attractive at all? Like, yeah, I get he's basically mirror Ross, but it took Ross seven years, like, to be attractive to Rachel. Uh... And, you know, there's, there's still people online who don't know Russ is David Swimmer uh, in a poorly placed wig because that's all they did to him. So we laughed at the end of the last episode <laughs> that I had a revelation in this episode that I didn't know before. Oh, oh do we need a revelation uh, jingle? And you were like, please don't tell me you didn't realise that this was the case. And yeah, I'm one of these people on the internet. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't see it until watching it this time when I watched it for, to make these podcast notes. I was just like... That's David Schwimmer. <laughs> I don't know. He was such a, he was convincing. So I'm, I'm going to get into this in a little bit, I think. Uh, 
probably after our reviews going, they don't know their facts and stuff, and they think Russ <laughs> was a different character, different different actor. I mean, being hoodwinked by it is actually a compliment to the production team. It is, so yes. There we go. But yeah, I, I want to know, how did she meet Russ? Like, there wasn't online dating then. Rachel wouldn't do that sort of dating anyway, like the, the video dates or whatever that no, was there. I don't then. think so. So did she just bump into him on the street? Maybe he came into the coffee shop and was like, oh, I want a coffee. And she was like, oh, I love him. Maybe. Like, you could, you could argue, yes, she's attractive, attracted to him because she was attracted to Ross. And he's basically Ross. So she's just, you know, it's the same, time, same way you get like these relationships where they break up and then the next person they get with looks a lot like their ex. It's weird and creepy. But I don't know, like, how he managed to charm her or talk to her because he's exactly the same as Ross. Like, no, he didn't have to. That's, that's the one advantage Russ has going for him. <laughs> is that because this is all transference, in Rachel's case, from... I'm going to sound like Roger again. We need a, we need a, a sound bite now for talking to Roger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's all... She's just projecting all of the, her feelings, for positive feelings for Ross onto Russ. So Russ can be a bumbling, inept idiot, but luckily so is Ross. So it just kind of plays out. But, you know, if, if you've got a problem with Ross's hair and his amount of gel he uses, I think the poorly placed wig is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what, that's what it was. That was just just different enough to, to trick Rachel's brain. Yeah, well, we're going to get into their relationship because I think it goes into some deep, dark places <laughs> as we go on. Uh, we then finally get to see Estelle's office. Uh, it looks perfect. It does. It's amazing. It's a true like, set. It's filled with past glories, cigarettes, and all sorts of knickknacks. Like... You you can smell the office just looking at yeah. it. You can imagine the cigar and cigarette smoke there. Uh, you could probably wipe your finger on the wall and just get a load of tar on your finger. Yeah, like you could physically scrape it with your nails and you'd, just, you'd show them after you left. And Yeah. Okay, uh, listen. There's something I want to talk to you about. The network casting lady. Oh, isn't Lori a doll? Oh, yeah, yeah, she was great, but I kind of got the feeling that she was sort of coming on to me and I definitely would get the part if I would have you know <laughs> if I would have sent a little general in oh <laughs> I see well I'm just gonna put in a call here and we'll find out what's going on and straighten it out yeah hi Lori please <laughs> hi darling so how Joey Tribbiani for the part of the cab driver. Isn't he terrific? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, doll, talk to you later. Yeah, you're gonna have to sleep with her. Yeah, the, the audition went well, though, and Joey got a callback, so that's good news. Uh, but the casting lady was coming on to Joey, and he kind of got the impression that he'd get the part if he sent in the little general. Yeah. I mean, I really love Joey for having this kind of moral quandary because Joey's presented as this like promiscuous like gallivant who'll sleep with anyone, and I like the fact that he had integrity here. Yes, and I'm I'm definitely going to get into that at, at some point in a bit, um, because it's it's funny and like I say funny because you know after Me Too, like the joke has totally flipped and now it has like a dark tone. It, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it does. Um, well, it's, it's an issue that, that we may have found funny. But again, I think a lot of this comes down to gender bias. Whereas if Joey was Joanne, 
people would have a much bigger problem. Like, it would never have been funny if Joey had been a woman and the casting person had been a bloke. That never would have been funny under any circumstance. It always would have been this seedy, dark, horrible thing. Yeah, because, like, you know, I'm sure it's Joey, and I'm sure he doesn't mind having to do something extra on the casting couch, right? But, you know, this once funny joke now becomes dark because because of all this. Like, yeah. it becomes predatory, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, I still kind of like this joke by just trying to ignore it. Uh, I mean... I mean, I think it's because Joey is open to the idea rather than, oh, I have to do this thing. Like, he, he has a quandary. Yeah, Joey's and, objection isn't, I need to have sex. Joey's objection is, I want to get the part on my own merits, not because of the sex. Yes. If it was put across as, congratulations, you've got the part, now take me to dinner, Joey would be like, yes. But it's, it's, the, it's the transactional nature of it that Joey's got an issue with, not necessarily the predatory nature. Well, yeah, because he's quite down on himself before he gets this interview. Yeah. And so he wants to be seen as a good actor. At the same time, someone saying, do you also want to have sex with me, is a positive to him. Like he... Well, I, I, I guess it becomes darker when you're like, I'm doing this thing I don't want to do. But for him, he's probably quite happy to get that as well. Well, it, it's not the kind of... Joey doesn't need sexual validation. Like he no. sleeps with women all the time. Yes. What he needs in this instance is his validation of the acting ability. And that's where Joey's issue comes from. So I think in a way you can kind of justify giggling at it because the issue isn't the predatory nature in the lesson. The joke isn't trying to say that predatory Hollywood casting characters is a good thing. No. It's we're trying to understand Joey and why Joey wants why Joey's got the problem. Because yeah. like you said, in theory Joey sh- as a character wouldn't have this problem. No, because if it was any other role I don't think okay. It'd be like, yep, cool. It sounds good. I get a role and I get to sleep with a pretty lady. Great. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't think it would have mattered. So, um, Estelle wants to find out though, because uh, you know, good for the agent to check and confirms that yeah, he's uh, that's going to have to happen. As she pulls up on Sank on her desk and like a million cigarettes appear all at once, which I think is really funny. I think it's supposed to have straws in it, and it's supposed to like pop straws out if you have a drink. Yeah, but she's put cigarettes, cigarettes in. in there, which is you know, and and she, you know she's put them in the way to like easily use them as well. Like <laughs> it's great because everyone's like, oh, they're they're in the wrong way around. It's like no, they're in the right way around to to easily use. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, Joey is gonna have to sleep with her. So I mean, I'd like to know what what was that conversation like? How, well, well, yeah, because she, she's like, uh huh, uh huh, okay, like yeah, like how flagrantly obviously abusive and predatory is acting if you could just kind of go like my imagination of that kind of conversation is it was okay but if he wants the party he's gonna have to fuck me like, like that would yeah. be the, the like what did she say to Estelle how do you skirt well, around the well, issue well yeah because I, I imagine I'm Estelle and I'm like hey so are you considering Joe for the part yes okay so what do we need to do next well he's gonna have to sleep with me like like how do you just come out with that like you wouldn't, you wouldn't say it like that, would you? But I don't know how you could do it in a subtle way. No, that's my problem. Like, if, if I had a longer conversation, maybe I could try. Maybe you could find a way to like kind of circulate around it to get to that point. Well, I'd but, like him to come out for dinner with me, like if you know what I mean. He's very good looking, and I'd like to spend more time with him. Yeah. Then I think I could give him the part. You know, like <laughs> I would like him to give me the part. Yeah. <laughs> first, but but yeah, in the brief conversation they have, I imagine it was a pretty direct. You know. Pre-direct statement. Yeah. But I absolutely love Estelle. Uh, she's ridiculous and could only exist in a TV show. I don't agree with that. I think she could just exist. <laughs> yeah. She's just she's ridiculous. She's so over the top and flamboyant. She's easily my second favourite agent on TV. 
Uh, like, who's your first? BB Glazer from Frasier. Just, just it's like they took the the Estelle template and then mixed it with Satan, and that's what you got with BB on Frasier. Okay, yeah. If, if you're familiar with the show and her appearances in it, there's an episode where Frasier's in this similar situation basically, where he thinks that BB wants to sleep with him um, for her to do something, and it's the biggest most well executed and brilliantly shot farce on the planet where like there's like a dark ritual and there's smoke and like, lightning <laughs> yeah. and it's it's hilarious but yeah if it wasn't for BB existing Estelle would be my favourite TV agent and I bet there's like there must have been so much fun filming this on set because you know they had a laugh and there's hours of outtakes on the floor where Estelle said something called Joey cracked up or there's little audio improvisations between the two of them oh definitely um there is a slight problem with Estelle, because this is the first time we actually get to properly see her. Well, in a sense. Uh, because she is in The One with the Birth, Season 1, Episode 23, where she's playing a nurse, and she, she helps birth Ben. Yes, we do get some reusing of cast. Yeah, and I've, again, I mentioned this before in previous episodes. It feels like I've mentioned it a lot, considering we've only done like 30-ish episodes. Uh, yeah, I hate it when Friends reuses actors in different roles. Because it's, it's obvious they look the same. I guess. I so, mean, so, you know, what, during the daytime, she's a nurse, and then at nighttime, she's an agent? I don't see that. I mean, I just see it as the, the producers liked her, so they brought her back in a way they could. Well, so yeah. It doesn't really have a massive... Thing. Other than being, like, a pedantic nerd about friends, such as we are. But, but that's really why we all, we're all joining this podcast, isn't it? Because we're, we're into that sort Big of stuff. Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I really like her still, but I, it does annoy me that I did do that. I know they kind of get away with it. It's such... Such a short scene. I mean, that could be twins. Yeah. We've already got Phoebe and us. Yeah, yeah, just right there. It's a, it's a twin. It's always twins. Yeah. There we go. I feel better now. Twins. <laughs> uh, we're now at Central Park. Uh, it turns out Fun Bobby is no longer funny for a reason. Uh, he's now ridiculously dull, Bobby. Poor Monica. Yes. I mean, I guess the drink made him who he was. Uh, I, guess, I guess you're right there. Um, but Russ enters. So... Russ enters uh, with some ill-fitting glasses. Russ is just, it's just so weird. Like, he's like Russ turned up to 11. I mean, this whole thing hits different for me after the revelation that <laughs> Russ is Russ. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you think they found, like, a slightly uglier David Swimmer? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound all that ridiculous to me, to be fair. Uh, yeah, because Russ enters and is introduced to Russ. And it's kind of odd seeing them together. And whilst like, it's the same actor, uh, there is little differences on Russ uh, when you actually like, go and actually look for it. Um, it's clearly Russ, but you know, what else could they have changed? Um, so like, we've already mentioned the wig. I feel like they changed the makeup ever so slightly because his nose looks different. Yep. Just, just stuff like that. Obviously, his clothes are different. It's the magic of television. And, and maybe it's just like, enough of a difference where you're like, they look similar. But they're not the same person. Well, they look different enough to confuse me. Well, I know certainly, like, depending on how, like, you have your hair and stuff can, can certainly change how you look. Like, if you're a woman, or even you, um, <laughs> you could have your hair, like, pulled back and up, and, you know, that's one look. And then as soon as you have it all down, well, you're a totally different looking person because the way your hair frames your face and everything. Yeah, I've, I've had work friends who can't take me seriously with my hair down <laughs> because they're so not used to seeing it because I work. It's back in the ponytail. <laughs> And then I'll take it out, and they just start giggling because I'm like, "What the hell?" And they're like, "No, it's not. It's just it's. I'm, it's not how you look in my head." Yeah, well, it's the same way when some people take off their glasses. You're like, you don't look the same anymore. You look like a different person. Yeah, for a friend, like drastically changes something about them. Like they cut the shade, the beard off, and you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, 
So yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. Um, but yeah, he's quite funny. That even you, mega mega fan. Twelve <laughs> seasons of Friends. <laughs> I think I said there was fifteen. Didn't I? <laughs> it I was I fifteen. Remember. Oh dear. Why are you on this podcast? I've Too said that many, many times now. <laughs> but I do wonder, is Russ the worst friend? Mm, no. <laughs> is he better than Russ? He's better than Russ purely because he, he may have all of Russ's annoying mannerisms, but he hasn't done any, committed any of Russ's sins. So Russ never made a list. No, he's not. Not yet. He's, he's got some time, though. He probably will do. Yeah. Uh, Russ... Seems like he grabbed a spoon because he's not been in Rachel's life for a year at least. Or seven. Yep. And he hasn't got too much gel in his hair. So already <laughs> he's, he's better than Russ. We could have replaced Russ with Russ and over them Monica. Mm. I don't think anyone would care. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. Maybe we need to go back to our list and uh, include Russ in it somewhere. I mean, even Monica could adjust. Yeah. Well, I think whilst we think about how we're going to put Russ in our friends list of Top to bottom. Actually, I've got one more. Jack and uh, Judy would have been happy because their son would have been a real doctor. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, we've done it. <laughs> well, well, while I have a think, uh, we're going to go and have a short ad break. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our five pound here also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls, we're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Video Death Loop is a show where we watch a short clip on loop until one or both of us can't take it anymore. Each week, one of us picks out a video the other does not know about to their dismay. Video game cutscenes, TV show openings, music videos, and occasional horse videos are just some of the clips we've ran and we're five seasons in. Check us out every Friday. SequelCast 2 and Friends looks at movies and video games and franchises one movie and game at a time. Hosted by Matt Bradley Shurgi, Thrasher, and Alex Miller, been going since 2009, and we're part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Loot Drop Incoming. Get to the drop at HyperX.com for storewide savings. HyperX is fighting the battle against inflation with deep discounts across all categories of HyperX gear. Head there quick though. Once March ends, so does the madness. It's the HyperX Loot Drop 2, going on now at HyperX.com. So while we were gone, did you think of anything else that made Russ one of the best friends? Well, I don't say best, just better than Russ. Just be- well, like, that, that's, that's a low, well, that's an easy bar to hear, isn't it? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll change all of Friends history and just replace Russ now. And yeah. go down a different timeline where we keep Russ. Well... You know, as Chana says, at least they have a spare. Exactly. So we then uh, come along to Ross doesn't realise that uh, they were seeing other people. You should. We haven't met Russ yet in terms of the podcast, have we? We've got a clip of Russ. Oh, I guess we do, yes. Hi. Hey, Ross. Hi, Russ. 
I've just got two more tables to clean, and then we'll go, okay? Okay. I'll just sit here and uh, chat with your uh, friend type people. <laughs> Rachel? Yeah. Um, hi. Hi. Okay, so you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> Waitressing? Well, yeah, but no. I mean, um, doesn't, doesn't Russ just remind you of, of someone? Huh. Bob Saget? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, oh. Hi. Oh, my, oh. What? What's wrong? I, okay. She's just upset because she, uh, she buttered a spider into her toast this morning. Mm-hmm. All right. Listen, Phoebes, this is going to be okay. Ross, 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 Ross. Hi, hi. Are you a uh, friend of Rachel's? Yes, yes, I am. Are you a, uh, a friend of Rachel's? Actually, I'm uh, kind of a, you know, a date type thing of Rachel. Uh, a date? Yeah, I'm her date. Oh, oh, you're, uh, you're oh, you're the day. You know, this is actually good, because if we ever lose Ross, we have a spare. Oh, you are the uh, paleontologist. Yes, yes, I am. And you are a periodontist. See, now they're as different as night and later that night. Okay, listening to that clip, how did you not know that Ross and Russ but this not the same actor. I just thought they'd found someone who looked like David Schwimmer. That Sounded like a, David Schwimmer. Acted like David Schwimmer. Good at impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's entirely possible. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, we, we realise Ross doesn't know that they uh, were seeing other people. He did not. I do like the way Phoebe is kind of a bit freaked out and John is like, nope, just let's rip the band-aid off. Yep. Ross, 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 Ross. <laughs> he knows it's going to be funny. That's yep. Uh, you know, was Ross and Rachel on a break? Like, did, did Rachel have to tell Ross that they was they could see other people? I mean, I don't think they... They weren't dating. They got, ever got really got together. They were about to get together. And then they, the list they happened. Had, they had one fu- wonderful kiss. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, that's not really getting together, is it? No. So, yeah, they weren't really together to be seen with people anyway. Like, No, so th- this is where he's like, oh, no, we're, we're together now. We're just having a bit of an argument and a break. Like, no, Ross. Really yeah. idiot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rachel seems to think they weren't even seeing each other, which, yeah, we, we agree with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I agree they weren't seeing each other. I do think if she was going to start dating, she probably should have had a conversation with Russ just to clear the air. Like, oh, I'd want that definitive line drawn before I crossed it. I think that's uh, already out there, though, with how angry she is with him, that nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overly cautious, but I would definitely be like, right, just so you're aware... This isn't a thing like this. Cause, yeah, because Ross like, definitely thinks that, you know, he can make things better and it'll be hunky-dory again. Yeah. But Rachel was like, no, we had that massive argument and you wrote a list about me and no, it's never going to happen. Like, I think she's made it pr- perfectly clear, but he has not understood that. To me, the waters are definitely muddier than they were in the take a break incident. Oh, okay. So I think, not that Ross can be massively upset, but I feel like if he was going to be, I almost feel like Ross is allowed to be more upset now than Rachel was then. I, I guess, I, I guess, yeah, I guess he is upset now because he's just realised, oh, 
we're not going to get together. So that's probably like more gut wrenching than anything. Yeah, it's like a double. I mean, not only is she dating someone else, they're not together. Yeah. And I think he obviously was laboring under the false apprehension they were. But I feel like it's Rachel's responsibility to make sure he realizes that. Like, did the rest of the gang know? I think they did. Like, were they because no one seems to? Oh my god, we were dating Ross. You know, everyone was like, "Well, all right, and you aren't going on." Yeah, well, they know that that Ross and Rachel are not together. So if she wants to date someone else, that's fine. Like, I think they know. Um, and then we get Ross just being his absolute worst because he's now trying to make Rachel jealous about a bug lady. I mean, like, that's never going to work. It's not, but this bit cracks me up every time. Like, there's a woman at the museum who's creator of muffs and other winged things and it just it has me in bits it's such an <laughs> awkward delivery and she couldn't sound more made up <laughs> yes <laughs> like muffs and other winged things I'm, I'm sure she's real but there's no way Rachel is going to go oh no I really want you now Ross like she sounds way more attractive given that I mean she's just a waitress mm. uh, but you know Rachel's Rachel I'm, I don't think woman who works at the mu- stuffy museum and likes bugs is going to intimidate her much given I... Rachel's opinion of that woman is probably she wears like Thick rim glasses and nerdy say, cardigans, yeah. and isn't probably isn't the sexiest idea in the world. No, like she might be super attractive for we know, but as soon as you say bug lady, you're like, nope, I know what she looks like. She's going to be short and wearing like fluffy jumpers and yeah, big glasses and yeah. I guess it's just a weird societal thing of women can't be smart and sexy. Yeah, they have to pick, especially in the '90s. Like you got to pick one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even Ross doesn't see that he that Russ is him. I guess it'd be harder for you to see yourself than for everyone else. Like if, if like a, a Ron suddenly appeared, mm. it was exactly like me. I probably wouldn't see it, but I, I, I don't know how you'd be like, there were two guys here, both with very long hair who look like they're into metal. That's just me at a rock bar though. Like, oh, look, I've got the default <laughs> setting at most rock bars. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're better than default setting. You've had some work. Thanks, right. <laughs> um, Joey has made a mess of the apartment, though. Uh, there's tomato sauce all up the fridge and the walls, and in about a million jars on the counter. Uh, but for some reason, Joey has a bit of predicament. He can't sleep with the casting lady for the part of a lifetime. Um, she's good looking, too, apparently. Um, Charlie thinks it's a great deal, though. Sex and a job. What's not to like? Is that okay to say now? I guess. I mean... Mm. I guess from your perspective, you know, if, if you want to, I mean, you know, Joey indicates that he would sleep with her under normal circumstances. Then, yeah, then benefit, right? I, I don't know. It's, it's muddy waters. There's muddy waters everywhere. Uh, but he does have a, a little promotion, uh, so I think we should listen to that clip. Is she good looking? Yeah, she's totally good looking. I mean, if I met her in a bar or something, I'd be buying her breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> You know, after having slept with her. (laughs) You know, maybe this isn't such a big deal, you know? I mean, the way that I see it is you get a great job and you get to have sex. (laughs) You know, I mean, throw in a tree and a fat guy and you've got Christmas. (laughs) I just, I just don't think that I want it that way, though, you know? I mean, let's say I do make it. Right? I'm always going to look back and wonder if it was because of my talent or because of, you know, the little general. <laughs> Didn't you used to call it the little major? <laughs> yeah, but after Denise DeMarco, I had to promote it. 
only Joey could get away with calling his uh, genitals little. <laughs> little something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, like no one's going to be impressed by the little general. They, you know, like Joey Jr. you could probably get away with, but don't don't call yourself little. Little, little. I'm just going to say it's small. <laughs> I like the way it's like I, I promoted it. <laughs> <laughs> because, because of a fantastic night with a lady. Like yeah. after this hot lady, he had to get promoted. It's <laughs> yeah. just like... So I, I love the line, if I met her in a barbie boy on her breakfast. Uh, and coupled with other amazing lines from this show, I decided to do something that we don't really do. And I looked what, up... Re- research? <laughs> yeah, essentially. But I thought, I'll look up who wrote this episode because it's like the great like, one-liners that are mm. in it. Uh, and it's a chap called Ira... I'm going to mangle his last name. Ira Ungerleider? Ungerleider? I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, but I was like, I wonder what other episodes he wrote. Okay. And the first episode he wrote is one of the all-time classics. He also wrote the one with the butt. Okay. And I was like, you know what? Given like, if you think like, if I bet remember buying a breakfast and compare that to, are you going to invite us to the big opening? And I'm yeah. like, yes, like it's on a par. So now I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for all of the. He wrote 34 episodes in total, and I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for each and every single one of them. Yeah, I have been thinking like, should we delve a bit deeper and look at like the directors and the writers of the the show and the episodes, and maybe do bit of research and a bit of knowledge on them in future maybe we should you should i mean i'm definitely more interested in the writers i guess than directors uh i guess it's a skill i'm, I'm is, is that is that because david Turner was the director on a number of episodes no i just don't really understand directing as as a skill whereas writing you know i have some aspiration to and it's easier to appreciate like Writers are like the unsung heroes of television, I guess, most of the time. Whereas, like, he, they dragged that script kicking and screaming out of the ether. Whereas, all the director did, in my mind, is go, oh, well, I'll put this on the screen in the way it's written. And especially in television, for the most part, it tends not to be the most directorially creative endeavor. It's lots of like over the shoulder, over the shoulder, two shot, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, two shot. Um, and it's like, oh, I mean, yeah, when was the last time you remember, especially in a sitcom, like a, a sweeping crane shot as it entered a room? and like, It's never very dynamic, is it? It's always just whole room, person talking. Whole room, person talking. You know what, Ryan? You don't even need to sleep with me. You've got this job. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, TV directing tends to be quite dull most of the time. I guess so. I mean, yeah. as budgets have gone up over the years and you get like full-on HBO dramas and stuff and like the BBC are pretty good at this kind of stuff. It's a lot better now than it was. I mean, I mean, maybe not directors so much. So maybe like showrunners. I know in The Simpsons, like showrunners definitely have their own take on how the show comes across, yeah. and it and it does change things. Maybe it works better on The Simpsons because it's been going for longer. So you can definitely see, oh, this showrunner was here for this period of time, and that's why it has this feel. Yeah. Maybe Friends doesn't doesn't have that so much. But yeah, I, I guess you can look at some writers in the future, and you can bring us those knowledge bombs. Then we can have a special Patreon episode all about my favourite writers of Friends. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Jeremy wants a job based on his merits as an actor, not him in bed. And, you know, I can applaud him for that, but every time he says it, I'm waiting for him to just be like, nah, only kidding. Well, you know, again, it, it really makes me like Joey even more than I already do mm. that he's trying to get this. Because I'm an erotic enough that if I was offered my dream job, if it was like, hey, Ryan, would you like to write the next year of Star Wars comics? I'd be like, yes. And if they were like, okay, but you've got to sleep with me to do so. I'm not sure that I'd be able to not do so. Purely because I really want to write Star Wars comics for a year. <laughs> and I'm like, who cares? Yeah, I, I kind of see it as, a, as being wanted twice, really. Like, you, you think I can do the job, and you want more than that. Like, that, that to me I would see as a positive, rather than them going, well... 
I you can only have the job if you sleep with me because you know I want this one thing and that's your your consolation prize I guess. But I'm, while I'd be getting what I want, I, I don't think I'd be able to enjoy it because not the sex, the, <laughs> the writing, the comic or whatever. You know, the job I'm going for essentially. Yeah. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on the job and then you're doing the job. Um, is I'd be sat there thinking, who missed out on this opportunity because I put out essentially? <laughs> that's what I'd be... Is that th- what you'd be thinking about yeah, the that's whole time? Yeah, that's what would get to me. I'd be sat there, you know, like six months later, you know, happily doing my dream job that I got because I put out, thinking there could be someone who's done a Joey and was like, right, this is my last shot at doing this dream job that I didn't get because Ryan got it and they have now quit. And I feel horrible because like, that could have potentially happened. And I only managed, they only quit their job because I slept with that person. Wow, you you, you are deep. It just <laughs> like, I, I don't think I'd give it a second thought afterwards. No, I, 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 I will sleep with you after I finish the job. And then if you still want to sleep with me, I know it's because you actually want to sleep with me and not <laughs> as some weird power play leverage you think. Yeah, I, I guess ultimately it's all weird. Either way, right? Yeah. And, and this is where, you know, if we had like a third mic on here, Especially from someone who wasn't a guy, we, we would get a totally different opinion. I do love the fact that both of us just assumed we'd actually fancy the person. Like, yes, yes, pretty much right. <laughs> like in our head, like I wouldn't go through the situation, but in my head, the person telling me I've got to sleep oh. with her for this job was like stunning and amazing. No, 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 you're right. Like I didn't even think about that at all. Like, yeah, they'd have to be attractive. You, you'd have to be attracted to them. If 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 you're not, then you're like, oh, that that changes our thoughts on it, definitely. I mean, but I, I think that's just us as guys coming in from that perspective. I mean, if I don't know if I'd be able to rise to the occasion if I uh, didn't fancy the person, and then I might never work again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not sleeping with them means you're not getting a job, but not, you yeah. know, how <laughs> to phrase this. Third I, I, I mean, I mean, you could be like Joey with um, the basket lady. Uh, yeah, I don't want more fruit basket. Lady, <laughs> yeah. but no, I think I think anyone with good moral fiber would have to refuse to do it. Yeah, yeah, Literally. I, yeah. I think. I think as much as we joke, like, yeah, that sounds fun. Like, we, we're coming at it from the Chandler perspective of, like, win-win, right? Yeah, you've never been in that situation, so it's, it's not a moral quandary. But, but ultimately, it's, it's massively icky. It is gross. Really. And, and, yeah, and as soon as you are put in that situation, yeah, your opinion changes yeah, a lot. Because like, there's a lot more factors involved than you just going, like, it'd be like me saying to you, do you want chocolate and money? Yes. But then if I tell you that the, the money is in the chocolate, you're like, No. Yeah, it's true. It's like it's well, yeah, it's it's icky and gross, and we've never been in that situation, so it it. I guess you can't really do it, but no. it does have been insulting. The idea that your actual work isn't good enough. I'm like, well, no. If you don't want my work for my work's merit, get in the bin, yeah. just like Joey feels. Uh, we're back at Monica and Fun Bobby. They're at a restaurant now, um, but now Fun Bobby is making Monica boring as now she can't drink. Although she quickly changes her mind after another fun story from Doll Bobby. I mean, this is one of the things where it's like, just because Bobby's struggling with, you know, some abuse doesn't, it probably makes it harder. I mean, I don't know. I've never met anyone who has or tried to recover and I've never struggled with myself. But I would imagine, to me, if I'd given up Nando's, because I have a lot of Nando's, and we went out, I wouldn't tell you guys you couldn't have a Nando's if I wasn't having it, because then I'd feel worse. Have you not been in a relationship where they're dieting and then they're like, you can't eat that around me because I'm dieting? You sin my no. You sin my physique. <laughs> well, well, no. Like I get it. Like you know, if you're like, look, I'm not. I'm gonna diet now, or I'm gonna not drink alcohol. Like, yeah, it's temptation around you. Like you don't want to see see it around. You'd be like standing in front of a gym eating like ice cream while everyone's working out. Like you don't want to see that. 
Yeah, my logic was either, I mean, when, when me and Mike used to actually go to the gym and work out, um, uh, you know, if I wanted a packet of Smarties, I was having them. If she wanted a Kinder Brenna, she'd have it. And I'd be like, well, I'm not having it. You do you. Like, when you go yeah. to the gym tomorrow, you've got to work harder to get rid of that. Yeah, but, but she's not telling you, like, I'm not having this. Please don't eat it around me because, you know, it makes it more difficult for me. Watch, like, I'm there, like, starving, not being able to eat this. And there's you just, like, gorging yourself on it, making yummy noises. That's your issue. <laughs> like, it is. But you, you can see why you'd you, want to be supportive. If you asked me not to do so, I would I would stop eating. But I wouldn't just assume I have to. Oh, no, I think that Monica's trying to be supportive in this way by not drinking. Of like, look, you're having trouble and I don't want to make it worse by looking at how much fun drinking is around you. I, I, I think most of this is just America's weird issue with alcohol in general. but Potentially. Yeah. Uh, we're then at Central Perk again with Chandler, uh, who's in between Ross and Russ doing a crossword. I'm sure there is some... Friends fan fiction out there all about that, for sure. That, uh, that little threesome on the sofa. Okay, I, well, I read these show notes, Mark. <laughs> what did you think about the crossword? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, who's wrote fan fiction about a crossword? <laughs> Chandler and Ross and Russ do a crossword. Ooh. And then I was like, oh, it could get quite heated. They argue with each other over, like, you know, facts and things. That'd be really interesting, because mm. they kind of do in the episode. No, I'm, I'm talking about, like, the Tumblr shipping of characters, and I'm sure there's, like, a... The Rule 34... Fan fiction of, of Ross, Russ and Chandler all, all being together, or even just in an apartment together. Oh, imagine that, just Ross one side, Russ the other, doing the little quiet motion at Chandler. <laughs> oh, God, Mark. <laughs> like, yeah, I think Chandler would definitely not want to live in an apartment like that. <laughs> Have we got a clip? Let's, get this, let's just get this out of my brain. Let's go to an advert or do something. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to talk to you about Phoebe is trying to get Rachel to see Russ as Ross. Uh, you know, Rachel must have terrible taste in men, and it must have been so odd to like watch this live as an audience as as, as it happened. So we're going to go to the clip uh, while you uh, sort out your tears. While I recover, <laughs> you don't see it. You actually don't see it. What? Okay, honey, you're dating Ross. No, Fabes, I'm dating Russ. Russ is Ross. Russ, Ross, Steve, Sleeve. <laughs> Okay, no one is named Sleeve. Baby, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Other than their names being similar, I'm sorry, I do not see what you're seeing. For your information, it's a card sharp, not a card shark. You could not be more wrong. You could try, but you would not be successful. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get some more coffee before the pinching and eye poking begins. <laughs> I know what your problem is. Oh, you do, do you? Mm-hmm. You're jealous. Uh, of, of what? You're jealous because I'm a real doctor. <laughs> hey, you're a doctor of gums. That's the smallest body part you can major in. And it's like day one floss, day two, here's your diploma. Now you listen. No, no, let me finish. No, let me finish. No, you let me fin. Hi. Hi. Ew. Yeah, I love that. Ooh. It's, it's so well done. Ooh, it's perfect. I, I mean, Russ does own this. Like, yes, he is a proper doctor. Yes, it might be gums, but the, you know, Ross isn't a doctor. Like in that sense. It's like, what do you help people heal? Dinosaurs? Oh wait, they're dead. Yeah, <laughs> like, I fixed gums. It's, it, yeah, yeah, it's a win. Yeah, it's it's definitely a win. Um, yeah, I, I I wonder how they filmed this. Like, because obviously you didn't swap back and forth. You would have just had one side of the conversation. Yeah. And then the other side, like it would have been odd to watch because you'd just be seeing him saying like a line, but 
there's no comeback from that. Yeah, it would just been like Russ in one outfit and then shoot that one shot and then right, go get changed quick and then sit yeah. in this scene and do it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great and at least Rachel finally notices. You know, they're basically the same person, even if you didn't. <laughs> Which it makes me feel really sorry for Russ in a way, because, you know, he's the unwitting victim here. Well, I'm sure this is later on in my notes, but I might as well bring it up now, right, as we're talking about it. So we don't know how long Ross, sorry, Russ and Rachel dated for. I'm assuming it's quite a bit, like a few days, weeks, whatever, right? Because he's, he's around Central Perk quite a lot. So it's not a new date. No, true. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be, hey, like, we've just met, we've had one date, come, come Central Perk multiple times and hang out. It's the one central criticism we always have about friends is that they don't show you time lapse very well. Right. Uh, sometimes you're like, is it the same day, week, month, hour? Like, where are we? Yeah. Um, so I get what you mean because of stuff that happens later on in the episode, you do get the sense that he was around more than twice. Yes. So I'm assuming Rachel was potentially slept with him. What's with you in this, this episode? And, <laughs> and, 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 and Ross... Never got that chance, like, and I'm, 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 it's a shame they didn't explore it, because I think that would have been even more gut-wrenching for Ross, knowing, like, that, that she basically slept with him, but it wasn't him. I thought you wanted, like, a whole scene where they're in bed together, and she says, Russ, and he's like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly, you could have done all sorts of things with that, because I, I do feel like it's more than she's just met him, and they have been on multiple dates, whereas Ross hasn't even had a date with her, he had a kiss, and that was it. I mean, I don't know why, but I got the sense that they'd been out a couple of times and had hung out. I don't think they'd gone, you know, all the way yet. Yeah, but but even so, like, he's had dates with her and clearly she was going to have more dates with him. She was happy with him. Yeah, Phoebe hadn't derailed the whole thing. Yeah, so so it's, I feel like there could have been more to explore there with, with Ross being annoyed and upset and angry. Do you want to drag out Ross's pain? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Basically, Ross has got everything Ross had wanted like, that he could have had if he didn't screw up. How many episodes would you have kept Russ around? Oh for? no, no, it needs to be. It doesn't even need to be an episode. It could just be in this. Like the time has passed where she's like, "Yes, like we've had multiple dates." You didn't care that Ross, did you? Like you want a montage of Ross pain? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> just that, when you go to bed and you just watch that gif of Ross and Paolo Rachel kissing, where he's like, "Oh, oh, oh and you yeah. see Ross's heartbreak." Yes, yeah, so, like just, that's what it could have been. It's like your lullaby. You get home, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "Ross is in pain." Yeah. I can have sweet dreams now. <laughs> that's what it could have been. Like he's he's missed out on all this stuff that. That basically he thinks he deserves, I guess. Um, but then we head back to uh, Monica's apartment after Rachel realizes who. And Chandler asks Rachel if she'd sleep with someone for, for a great job. Um, she asks who, and it has to be him. Yeah, I, I don't know if I like this one because I get the idea, I get the, I get the point of what Chandler's getting. It's like, you know, Rachel, would, would you do it? Like, Chan, like Joey's like, thinking about it, would you? And seeing what, what answer your friends would say. But then she's like, well, with who? And then he's like, me. I said, like, oh, that's very strong. I don't think he means it. Like, I think he just says me. And she's like, why is it you? He's like, oh, it's my game, my rules. Um, but I suppose in theory, the, the who shouldn't matter as to, you know, it's, you're in this predicament. What would you do? Yeah. And does it really matter who it's? Because as soon as you say who it is, that totally changes it in multiple ways. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, if, it's, it's, if it's someone who's essentially a stranger, you're probably more likely to go through it than with someone who isn't. Yeah. Um, but it's just the way, like, you know, Chandler already knows the, the, the Rachel and Ross thing going on. So saying this to, to, to her is a bit weird. I mean, you know. And, th- and, then, it, and then it becomes creepier, I think, when you, when you say, what about me? Rachel did have all the sexy dreams. She did. 
but yeah, I, I think he should have just not said said him. Like, uh, no, just whoever. No, I, mm. I think it was slightly more casual and throwaway than that. I think but. so, but I, I think he, I don't think he meant it in that way. But it comes across. He as hit a you that way. way. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Monica and Bobby are going away for a weekend, which sounds nice. Yep. Um, and she's got loads of tiny alcohol bottles to help her through. Now I have to ask you, where did she get these bottles from? Those mm-hmm. bottles are stupidly expensive. Yeah, it's like what eight quid for a a, a tiny. Yeah, you might as well buy the the big bottle for that price, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so did she buy them? Has she been hoarding them? Like why? Why does she have? Yeah, them? Where are they? Like are they just things that were around out of Christmases? Yeah, or like you might end up with one or two somewhere around the house, but you wouldn't have a bag full of them. I don't know where those bottles come from or why they exist. Uh, airplanes. Yep. Cool. Christmas gifts, right? Yeah, I was like, well, what? Did it come with like a a pair of socks? And you also got some whiskey, or yeah. like, I'm just like, those bottles are odd. Like, I think like mini bars at hotels and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't take them. You wouldn't be like, I'm gonna buy this drink from the mini bar, take it home. Yeah, I mean, maybe Ross stole them from hotels, but I don't think like even on Ross's list of things you nick from no, hotel, you, no, mini no, bar wouldn't make it. No, not at all. Then Fun Bobby turns up and he wants to talk to Monica because uh, he's noticed her drinking. And so he's going to break up with her because um, he can't be in a codependent relationship. That's fair. Yeah, I think so. He's dealing with his own issues. So concentrating on himself, why not? It's probably the healthiest breakup we see in <laughs> all of the friends. Well, Monica isn't like too sad about this. Like, yeah, why can't all breakups be this easy? Yeah, I mean, I guess they're easier when you don't want to be in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Have you, have you ever broken up with someone or have you always been the dumpy? Uh, no, both. Both. I've, 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 I've well, the, the one time I broke up with someone, I mean, I've only had two proper relationships, so I've been both. Um, mm. You are definitely Ross. I, I remember doing it and I always, I've always said to people who, like, friends, we struggled to break up with someone, like, oh, I don't know how to tell them. I'm like, you'll know if you've done the right thing because the second you say it, your whole body will go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying the words and then like this like weight of my just I was almost like a gospel choir popped up in the background and it started like, clapping and singing and I was like oh, that was definitely the right choice oh, so, yeah. I, I think yeah maybe, maybe you was lucky in terms of their reaction then I mean oh they were they started crying but <laughs> it was just I knew it was the right choice yeah yeah I think you're right in that that respect right um one thing I find really odd in this episode is that when Fun Bobby is Sober Bobby, to me, he sounds like he's doing a really exaggerated Keanu Reeves impression. Okay. <laughs> just, I kept thinking it though, an episode, I was just like, well, you're breathtaking. That's all I imagine him saying. Then Joey enters. Uh, he couldn't sleep with her, the, the casting Cast lady. Yeah. Do it now. Uh, so she offers him an even bigger part. So now he is Dr. Drake Grimori coming back in at least four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so hang on, she wanted to sleep with him for for basic background character. Yeah, it was it was taxi driver was the initial role, um, and then because I, I was imagining it was something a bit more. No, it was just taxi. Oh. and then I mean, I mean, she, she gave that up pretty easy. If that's all he was going to get out of it, it was one minor role. This is where flattery would definitely win me over in this instance because I wouldn't sleep with her for for taxi role, but if she wants to sleep with me that badly, that. I'm now getting four episodes, and I'm like, hang on. So you've you've upped the ante here. Yeah. I hope, like at that point, I'd be like, you know what? I could probably do this yeah. <laughs> because like it's it's you know it's complimentary that she she's brand- not only is she propositioned you in this strange, creepy, horrible manner, but you've said no. 
And she's up the ante, you know, like, oh, how about more? I hope future employers don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so what if we give you a more senior or Ryan? <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I still wouldn't do it, but I'd be very flattered that, you know, she was so enamored of me that she increased the, the offer. I, I guess. Like, we, 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 we're looking at this very tongue-in-cheek, I, I think we have to say. Yes, I mean... Because he it, it, it does have a serious issue. I'm sure other people much more qualified to talk about this, but... What I found weird about it is when, when this episode was written, I would assume that the producers and the writers were very aware of some of the serious parts yeah. of like the casting couch type situations and that kind of stuff and the weird power plays and stuff. Um, but the whole issue was, in general, is a much bigger debate than... Then I guess we can really, all really shift it into one podcast. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, for every like, oh, it was abuse of power dynamic. You've also got like a, a kind of new ways feminist idea of it's transactional. So if a woman wants to do it with her body, who's to say she's not taking advantage of the, the that person? Yeah. Um, and again, it's always skewed by gender. Like a woman offering to sleep, trying to bri- bribe a man for sex. Yeah. Society sees as, ah, well, of course that's fine because men just care about sex, and yeah. it kind of, I guess, is vaguely toxically masculine. And then the second you switch it to being a woman being propositioned in such a manner. We tend society sensitive women like are weaker and less able to resist. Like for, from my perspective, I take it as the, the Chandler viewpoint of, you know, just not really thinking about it too deeply and just, just seeing like the, the fun side of it, I guess, or the, the jokey side of it. Well, again, I mean, I would say that comes down to, I guess, from a carried perspective and us as an audience perspective, like ignorance yes. of Chandler doesn't has, doesn't, isn't aware of the seedier kind of less, exciting side of this as he sees it hey, you're just looking at all the positives right and just going well that sounds great go for it yeah i think that's an, an audience especially back then we had no idea that this kind of thing was as prevalent and as pervasive and hideous as it was whereas in a 2022 post harvey weinstein world where we've seen this issue be raised it, it does hit differently and I, I imagine if you were the, the cast members in the show you're probably like yeah we've all seen this happen before well I, I think that's the difference right so when friends was originally you you probably heard about the casting couch or whatever. And you probably just treat it like, like Joey does. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's two consenting adults who are both into it. Whereas actually the reality is of it is generally it was one adult wanting to use their power and influence to control someone else. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it wasn't two consenting adults. It's, it's one adult who's basically in a difficult position where if they refuse, that could change their whole life. For, for the worse. Yeah, I mean, I don't know all the ins or the sordid details of the Harvey Weinstein case, but no. I, from what I, the brief I do know, I imagine it was a lot of, you want this part, sleep with me? No. Okay, you'll never have any part ever. Yes. And it was it was very much a, a blackmail situation yes. as opposed to a transactional one, which I guess is when you... I, yeah, I guess that's the difference between us because like, Joey doesn't see it as blackmail. He's like, if I say no, then I don't sleep with her and I don't get the part. That's fine. Like, yeah. he, he's not that that bothered um whereas he looks at the positive of like hey like you know what can i get out of this oh i've got a better role yeah sure why not i don't care because like to him the, the sex isn't important yeah yeah he doesn't he doesn't feel like it's being blackmailed he just no. feels like it's a a question of his artistic ability i guess it's like yeah. no i should be able to get this part about doing this and then obviously once the ante gets up he's like okay i'll do it because yeah. He's getting more of what he wants. Yeah, I yeah, guess. yeah, exactly. So he he sees that he's actually taken advantage of her by going, "Well, all you wanted was was sex from me. Cool, like happy to do that if I'm gonna get sank out of it." Yeah. So I, I think that's the difference. So, but it's it's definitely a weird issue 
Uh, so in, in my in my mind, like I think it's okay to laugh at some of this stuff. At the same time, there is potentially a deeper issue there. Well, you can pick the humour out of nearly every situation yeah. by applying like horrible real world events to it. Of course. Um, and not laughing at the joke or the situation doesn't necessarily mean you're laughing at the victims no. or supporting the perpetrators. So I think a lot of times people get very like they lose that distinction where we can laugh at Chandler saying this is like Christmas because of the context it's in where it's being presented, but we're not condoning what happened. No, and this is how I feel about a lot of things I've said before. Like, I'm, I'm pretty ignorant to, to a lot of things that are going on in TV shows and whatnot. And I just take it for at face value of what it is. And to me, it's just, you know, the charmed aspect of it of like, hey, this is the situation, not deeper meanings behind it. Yeah, and a lot of times you, you have to separate the, the art from the artist in a sense. Well, well same, same with the joke of um, Joey's Taylor. Like, I thought that was funny until you, <laughs> you ruined it for me. Yeah, see, I, I overthink everything. <laughs> but, but you know, that, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, you can... I think it's okay to, to laugh at some of this stuff. Like, is it inappropriate? Potentially. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's different situations and things like that, isn't it? So, well, then you end up down censorship conversations. Of course, yeah. And it just gets... It just it ends up with horribly sanitised, boring entertainment that doesn't reflect any human experience at all. And then what's the point? No. So, with that, I think we should move on. Yeah. Um... It seems that, that Rachel and Chandler had, had a little side bet going on with, with this, though. Uh, and Chandler won because, because uh, Rachel gives him some money. I mean... I, I like that, that, it, that basically they've gone, do you think Joey will sleep with her? And Chandler's gone, yes. Yes. I mean, all of Joey's artistic merit aside and artistic pride, will Joey have sex? Mm. Yes. Like, I, I would yeah. bet that way every time. Yeah, exactly. So Rachel was silly for getting him. That one. It's cute that she, you know, she puts Joey in that regard, though. They're like, no, he wouldn't do it. Not no, Joey. He's, no. <laughs> he's serious about his acting. He wouldn't do such a thing. Uh, Russ then enters Central Perk, and it turns out Rachel dumped him. Um, why did he turn up to chat to the gang? It's always weird when these relationships, they just turn up to say their goodbyes. See, this is what I thought you were getting at when you mentioned how long did they date for? Mm. Because to me, it, it logically would have been longer than I initially assumed. Because... You wouldn't just go up to her friends. You no. wouldn't walk in and be like, oh, hi, guys. If you'd only been on two dates. Yeah. It'd be weird. You'd be like, maybe a nod. You'd be like, but it would Oh, if you like, saw him in the street, yeah. You wouldn't go out of your way to say goodbye, guys. I've been dumped. Well, I would definitely want to sit next to him on the sofa and go, hey, do you guys know why I actually left me? Yeah, like, yeah. Gross. Like, what are you talking? Like, no, work that crap out by yourself, you needy freak. Uh, did you know that the on screen credits list Russ as Snarrow? At this point. So the, the credits are coming up at, at this point as through the episode. I did, but... Is, is this why you thought Russ and Russ were different people? Only when I read your notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Crane uh, joked that Snaro was uh, his Croatian friend to further the ruse, keep fans guessing about the identity of Snaro. Uh, Swimmer was actually credited as Snaro as a, a tribute to one of his friends, and it's also an alias he used from time to time. Oh, when he like books hotel rooms and stuff. He's like, oh, yes, like yes, Barry Schnaro. Well, I know. I think he's booking a hotel room. You'd definitely go, I'm David Swimmer. Give me the, the presidential suite. I totally wouldn't. Because <laughs> then, like, what if they told, like, you know, everyone around that you were there and you got people, like, calling your hotel room and knocking the door? I guess so, yeah. <sighs> Be an awful idea. So, uh, so yeah, so that, that's kind of interesting that they do, like, actually put Russ in there in the, in the credits yeah, and don't cool. use David Swimmer again. Uh, we'll have to look to see what they do with Phoebe when um, she's her twin. I guess. I, do, they, do they credit her in that way? I don't know. We'll have to have a look. Uh, but we then have Julie. She enters. 
Um, I like Julie. I miss Julie. Well, she's not dealing with the breakup very well with Ross. She's got some of his stuff to return. So I guess we should listen to one final clip from Julie. Hi. Oh, hey. Hi. I guess you guys heard Rachel dump me. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Oh, all she said was that I reminded too much of somebody. You have any idea who she's talking about? Oh, I do. It's it, Bob Saget. <laughs> she hates him. Uh, hey. Hey, Julie. Julie. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely weird not being with Ross, but I guess I'm doing okay. Actually, I've got some of his stuff that he, um... And that's the end of the episode. Ick. Now, <laughs> why Julie assumed the coffee shop was the best place to go, I'm not sure. Like, go to Ross's apartment? Definitely the coffee shop. Like, like I know that's where he hangs out all the time. 99% of their spare time is at that coffee shop. But and maybe going to Ross's apartment is too painful for poor Julie. Or maybe speak to Ross to drop his stuff. Or maybe she was just hoping to bump into someone just to drop it off with her. She them. was close to Monica. So but you know what? I'll give this stuff to Monica because I don't have to see Ross then. Maybe. The heartbreaker that he is. The horrible, horrible man. Poor Julie. Maybe maybe she was going to Monica's apartment and saw them in the coffee shop through the window. I mean, let's face it. I just avoid Ross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't give it to anyone. I'll give it to Mr. Trigger. I'll be like, here you go. Can you give just, this to Ross next time he visits his sister? Well, to me, like, if they don't want their stuff, if they don't want to come and get it, then in the bin it goes, right? I know, like a time limit. Like, you have yeah, to give them, yeah. like, six weeks of, you know, get over the breakup to come get your stuff time. Yes. And what it, is, it always depends what it is. Like, if they've left behind, like, you know, the odd pair of socks and pants, like, you can put it in the bin. Yeah. But if they've left something of, you know, emotional significance. That's different, yeah. Bit different. Um, but she meets Russ uh, and across, saw him from across the room and the romantic music played. It's so, gross. Icky. <laughs> don't like it. Like, people have types, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, most of the people I date tend to be brunette girls that are shorter than me. You hear that, ladies? <laughs> if you fit that type right in. <laughs> but at no point have I ever like, broken up with someone or had something end and be like, I'm going to replace them. Like, it's just, oh, it's so creepy. At the time, the whole thing cringy is if... Well, do, do you not find it cringy with Rachel? Yeah. Okay, that's fine then. But she's oblivious to it. Right. And I don't... And, and Julie isn't? I don't think so. Because she's still pining for Ross. Well, Rachel is clearly pining for Ross deep down. Well, in her mind, she's set a line and they're done. So it's like some subconscious creepiness. Okay. Whereas in Julie's mind, she's like, I still like Ross. I'm not dealing well with the breakup. Oh, there's a guy that looks like Ross. Let's be with him. Whereas at least Russ is like, I lost Rachel. Hello, woman who's completely different. Okay. okay that's fair. So I think Julie needs No, I, I like your here. explanation there. At least you've explained it. You're like, he's mad. Oh, wait, no, he's got a reason. No, <laughs> yeah, your reason's okay. Um, but I do have to ask Ryan, do you think they stayed together? Yes. Even though Russ is a doctor of gums and not dinosaurs. Yes. I think that Julie wrote a breakthrough paper about dinosaur jaws because of the input from Russ and his gum knowledge. Okay. Prehistoric gums. Is, is, is this part of your fan fiction you're going to write for the Patreon? I mean, I just thought of it this moment, but yes, why not? It can be in there. I, I do need to go through our past episodes and see what Yeah, how much work said. are you signing me up for? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Some people reverse charge of the Patreon. Ryan's not done that thing for episode 12 yet. I, I, I tried to make the goals all 
hittable and then I had to like squish them down more because I was like, oh no, we're going to end up thousands of pounds here. <laughs> um, this is the last time we see uh, Lo and Tom as Julie in the series. And it's also the last time we see Fun Bobby. I mean, I don't care about Fun Bobby. No, but to me, Fun Bobby is a character everyone knows of, like from Friends. And yet he's in it like twice. Yeah. He's mentioned a bit more. But, but to me, Fun Bobby is, is more in the show than he actually is. No, I get that. I suppose especially the hype with which the gang talk about Fun Bobby. Yeah. He seems like a bigger deal in the show than he was to the show, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, but as a, as personally, I don't really care if we ever see Fun Bobby again. I'm, no, like he's, he's a pretty boring character. I also kind of feel like the whole he's a different person with alcohol thing's kind of poorly handled. Yeah. And like, as much as I like the one line of comedy writing in this episode, I think the actual execution of what people are like struggling with an addiction. Again, this is me going deeper with a show than necessary. Um, I feel kind of poorly handled in a sense. So I don't really mind not seeing him around. No, I, I guess the idea of them just talking about Fun Bobby would have been more interesting than seeing more of him. Yeah, maybe a few episodes time on in the, the next season. But like, oh, have you heard from Fun Bobby? And like, oh, yeah, he's doing great now. And then. Well, not even that. Just, just them going, oh, yeah, Fun Bobby is a great. Yeah, remember when we did this with him? And just, just stories, but no actual seeing him. Yeah. Um, but Julie, I miss. All the time, because she's amazing. Well, in the DVD version, uh, Russ and Julie leave the coffee house with Judy saying uh, she's had enough coffee. Uh, but in the TV version, the credits roll immediately after the music plays as they exchange a look between each other. Yeah, I like the idea of the DVD version more. Um, of, of her, like, cutting Russ out of her life, but having Russ in it. I would just imagine, like, the way she would have delivered that, I've had enough coffee. line would have been quite, like, snarky, but yeah. not horrible, because Julie wasn't like that. But I just imagine that would be quite a nice chuckle to end the episode on. Like, I've had enough coffee. Because like, ah, yes, they're always having coffee. <laughs> yeah, <Ha-ha." laughs> yeah it would have been cool. Yes, it's a shame that she's now out of the show for good, and we're probably going to forget about her in three episodes' time that she ever existed. I mean, we won't, because, again, we're champions of the left behind. I'm yeah. watching Friends, Mark. We've got David, and we've got... Celtics lady. Yeah. Now we've got Julie. Yeah. And there's, there's there's many more to come because they go through people <laughs> very quickly, don't they? Um, yeah. I I like this episode. I think it's quite funny. It's it's funnier now that you did not know Russ and Ross were the same actor. I was I was hoodwinked by the magic of television. I, I'm proud to say I was hoodwinked. Yeah. They they do some clever stuff with the both of them on screen, mm-hmm. uh, especially when they're facing each other. And you know, just just. David Swimmer's mannerisms, like he, he puts it up to like 12, like when he's trying to do it. He does. I imagine that must be really weird as an actor to be like, so act how you act and then exaggerate how you act when you act. Yeah. Must be like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's such a weird instruction. But yeah, I, I love, love Ross, like just the, the one-upmanship between them. I, I think it's just, just really funny how they both don't get it. Yeah, they are. I mean, and and just just the comebacks, like you, you know, you 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 could try, but you will not succeed. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's it's one of those where again, like we talk about classic episodes and moments you remember, and we've often mentioned how so many of the oh my god moment episodes are so early on. Yeah, where we're like, oh my god, this happened here, like in season two. Yeah, um, and again, I think Russ is one of those moments where. He's probably in the top ten list of moments you can like. I remember Russ and Friends fans are going to be like, yes, yeah, and he's he's in it for barely half an episode, yeah, but so memorable, yeah. They they should really bring Russ back. I mean, how? I don't know. You just want more friends? I just, I just want, yeah, yeah. Don't we all? That's true. I, I, I don't know. Do we? Yes. 
Oh, Cla- classic friends with them as they used to be. Can you get lightning in a bottle again? Yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think shows ever can come back from like this long away. It's why I was so happy the reunion was like a behind the scenes, let's enjoy what the show was. Yeah. And not a let's try and relaunch the show. Because even even if objectively, to an objective standard, you got someone who'd never seen Friends before ever and didn't know what it was to watch all 10 seasons, immediately followed by seasons, season 11. We as far fan base, even if that person said season 11 is the best season ever. Yeah. We'd be like, it's rubbish. Yeah. Because the dynamics change, times have changed, things have changed. It, it just the writing will change. Yep. So... No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it ended when it did, but um, I think that's, that brings us to the end of our episode as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, let us know. Would you guys want Friends to start again? We've, 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 we'll get rid of Ross, place him with Russ, but we won't tell anyone that's happened. At this point, we're just making a whole new show. We'll have <laughs> Celtic's Lady in it with her kid, Sarah's grown up. We'll have Julie and her dinosaurs. The, the ex-Friends. Yeah, we'll just have a spin-off show, babe. We can, yeah. yeah, we can do that. Uh, yeah, you can write to us at Watch Friends Pod on Twitter and Facebook. You can. And you can also write to us uh, on our little contact us form on the watchingfriends.com website. Yeah. Where this podcast also goes up. And you can join us on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash watchingfriends. You can also leave comments where you find us on your podcast apps. And we don't need to be told this mistakes <laughs> in the first episode again, but there we go. Yep. Um, Otherwise, where else can they find you, Ryan? As always, you can find me at gamehype.co.uk and soon on the Hype from Outer Heaven podcast. Oh, wow. You're fitting in a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I'm always talking somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Are they, are they going to get new stories from this new podcast? I, I don't or, know. Or are they going to hear the same? Well, I hope, hope they wouldn't hear the same thing. It'd be a very weird show if they heard the same thing. Yeah, I don't know how we're talking, mostly talking about nerdy gaming is going to relate to friends, but no, there will be new stories. <laughs> yeah, people were talking about the new Metal Gear Solid game and you bring up your ex-relationships. Yeah, well, my, my ex-girlfriend's a lesbian. <laughs> How does that relate to Metal Gear survive? Things you don't want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> just always on my mind, just thinking about what, what I said on the Watching Friends podcast, I can segue in. <laughs> my friend's like, tactical espionage, lesbians. <laughs> they do like it in boxes. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's that's our show now. Uh, Come back for another episode, please. We do want to hear you listen to us again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Bye. Bye.